0: Hello, it's Shelley F Knight, bring you positive changes a self-kick podcast. joined by Tamara Medford and she's the host of the Road to Health podcast and has a full-time career with on-the-road sales. So hello, Tamar. Hi, Shelley. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you. So you do on-the-road sales. That means you're out and about. Yes, that, that is correct. I get to build
1: relationships with people, which is actually a very exciting career, although it can be exhausting at times.
0: Bless you, so do you have a story of positive change that you could share with the listeners?
1: I absolutely do, so i uh, to give you a bit of you know where I, why i am where I am today i'll take you back to you know I grew up in a very loving family, and I at the age of fourteen turned to alcohol and so A lot of people, there's this stigma about, you know, alcohol addiction or drug addiction that you have to be in an abusive home or have a really rough childhood growing up. And it was the complete opposite for me because my parents were incredibly loving. I have a brother that's great. And you know, I just ended up turning to drugs and alcohol at such a young age because I didn't feel like I fit in at all. And, you know, I remember that first time I just felt like my life went from black and white to color and I could be who I wanted to be. I was funny. Um, I developed an ego. I was very self-centered at that time of my life, but I felt like I could finally be who others wanted me to be. And that was a big deal for me because I never felt like I fit in. And Um, you know, all throughout high school, life didn't change. I just kept down the same path. And then after when all of my friends were going to university or college or getting into relationships and getting married, I didn't want the party to end. And although my dad had always encouraged me to do more and to go to university, I tried going to college and I think I made it about six months before I finally got put on academic probation and they really did not want me to come back because I spent majority of the time in the pub and not actually in class. They don't like that apparently here.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah,
1: so if you ever moved to Canada, they don't like it when you don't enjoy going to class. So um, I just decided, you know what? This isn't for me anyway, it's okay. I can always learn it later. And that's the way my life was is Anything that I felt that maybe I should be doing, I would put it off. I was a huge procrastinator. And then in my mid-20s, I developed a liking for hard drugs, um, which looking back now, I actually can't believe some of the places I would end up because of course, the main focus was, how are you going to get your next fix? How are you going to, how are you going to use again? And, you know, I remember waking up in these, you know, really, sketchy homes and just around people I didn't know. And that's a real shock for me to look back today because I, I'm, I don't feel like I'm that person. Um, I was a completely different person when I was using and, you know, although alcohol was my main form of addiction, I also started to get into yo-yo dieting. And one of the stories I actually like to share is, you know, I, um, and Weight Watchers is a fantastic program if you use it properly but uh, I joined Weight Watchers because of course all the alcohol that I was drinking in my mid-20s caused me to gain 40 pounds of extra weight and I was never really overweight in high school and so I started to get desperate to lose that weight and so I joined um, Weight Watchers and I'm an all-in kind of person so when I want to do something or I want to fix something I, I just go all in I don't do it in baby steps like I do today And so I remember doing it really well for a month, I I joined with a friend. And then after that, I just realized this doesn't suit my needs and because I was still incredibly selfish at the time. And so I, I wasn't able to drink as much as I'd like. So I actually shift and manipulated the program. So I would wake up in the morning and have a bag of popcorn. And for those of you who know Weight Watchers or any sort of points tracking system. It's one point for a bag of popcorn and I would have one bag of popcorn for lunch. Um, I would also supplement with um, ephedrine type dietary supplements. So I felt like I was gonna have a heart attack most of the time but because of my lifestyle of partying all evening, I was exhausted every morning so I would use that to lift me up. And then I would go home, go for an hour walk because of course that gives you additional points. And I would have a veggie patty and then seven oven baked fries with a little bit of mayo because i'm dutch and we love our french fries and mayo (laughs) (laughs) and i would drink anywhere from six to 12 light beers because they were only two points every single night and so i did that each and every single day and i actually lost 35 pounds doing it but I wasn't nourishing myself, you know, I wasn't looking at what I was consuming. I was just so desperate to fix the outer image of myself, right? Because I thought I would be a better person if I was skinny and not overweight and people would like me more. And so that's kind of how I went through most of my twenties until I met my husband or ex husband now. But, you know, we were alcohol both of us were alcoholics and it was such a volatile relationship towards the end, not because of him, I think he's a great guy, but because of the things I started doing, because I was seeking attention. And, you know, I, I wanted him to love me like I wanted to be loved. I wanted him to show me attention. And I had gained, um, I weighed 215 pounds at, at the time. I don't know how many kilos that is, but it, it's severely overweight for someone like myself and my height. And, you know, I started getting attention from other men. And he didn't like that. I remember one night coming home drunk, and he left me in the bathtub. And I woke up at 4am with, you know, water almost starting to come into my mouth. And, you know, he was just so fed up with it. And so at the end of 2011, I finally decided, okay, enough's enough. Like I'm, I'm so tired of living this way. And so I actually used all that, you know, I was in, uh, on depression medication, I was ser- like suicidal and severely depressed and I was just tired of living this life. And so I actually made a new year's resolution, which I don't believe in them anymore because I think that if you want to make a positive change, you have to do it when you're inspired to do so. Yeah. Um, but you know, I decided to go to the gym and I realized that at that moment, I couldn't do any of this stuff by myself because thus far I was living this journey that was all about me and I was going to fix it and I was going to manipulate where I ended up. And so I reached out to a personal trainer, which I actually found out that we had known each other in high school for a short time. So we had that connection, but I started to develop. A, a bit of a healthier lifestyle when it came to food. But of course, like always, I hadn't really worked on the real problem, which was my mindset and just what I believed in and what I believed about myself. And so I started to almost fall back on some of those bad habits again, even though I was heading in the right direction, I would, you know, I would track my food like I had done when I was doing yo-yo dieting in the past. But I would actually... Um, I would have three beers per night, which, you know, it doesn't seem like a lot for me. But if you ask someone who doesn't drink ever, they're thinking that's a lot of beer for a night. But for me, that was a real accomplishment. And I would have half a bottle of NyQuil at the end of that. So I would just pass out and go to sleep. And I started manipulating again, uh, situations in my life. And it was at that point where I just... I feel like I met the right people at the right time and I ended up going into recovery. Uh, I ended up changing my life around and even though it's been quite a journey because I'm, I'm coming up to eight years sober in two months from now, it, it's taken a lot of work and it's taken a lot of mindset shifts in surrounding myself with the right people, knowing that it's okay to not be okay and it's okay yeah. to ask for help. So that's kind of how I've gotten to where I am today.
0: Wow, there was like moments where you made me laugh. There are moments when I could have cried. It's just like, you know, the alcohol and then the drugs, then the yo-yo know, dieting, the obesity, the suicidal tendencies, the quite frank, that you said that you manipulate yourself. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when did you know that you'd hit rock bottom, the turning point?
1: I was actually, I remember I was sitting at home on the floor. I I believe it was the kitchen floor and I had a little pug, a dog, Mm -hmm. and he was the cutest thing ever. And he was, he meant the world to me, but I sat there. um, I had had surgery actually, um, probably about three months prior to that on my knee. And so I had a whole bunch of pain meds and I just sat there with the pain meds on the floor and he walked up to me and you know, pugs, uh, if you know them, they have this way of when you're upset, because I was just in tears, I was sobbing. He looked up at me and he just tilted his head in that funny way and looked at me and I looked into his eyes and I just thought, what am I doing? You know, and I mean, animals, I think have such a powerful impact on us as well, because just looking at him, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like he really, he feels what I'm feeling right now. And so I think it was at that point where I thought, okay, I have to ask for help because I'm not getting it at home and I need to look outward for this help.
0: Yeah. We, we've got a dog and we bought her, because they're very good with children and they're meant to be intelligent. And we think we've got a faulty one because tomorrow, most of the time she's really not. (laughs) But going back to your pug story, when the kids are struggling emotionally, like a bad day at school or something like that, and I've been struggling with my health lately, she senses it. And they do that little head tilt, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So bless you. So was it the dog that inspired you to change your life or was there more going on for you? I think that
1: moment was the moment where I, I decided, okay, I need help. I knew you know, there was a problem I knew. I I think at that point, I didn't really know or want to address that I was actually an alcoholic. And, you know, I had been on uh, antidepressants for quite a while and I have an amazing doctor. So he made me do some counseling as well, but it was early in 2012 where I started getting the help that I needed. And it was almost like these little subtle hints at, you know, you have an, an issue with alcohol. And so meeting that, you know, right person at the right time and having them ask me like, hey, or even suggest I go to these meetings, would you like to come? And I'm like, oh, I I don't need that. But surrounding myself with people in addiction and hearing their story, that was when I really started to open my eyes that I actually am a lot like all these people and because I remember when I first went into recovery, I would look at others and I'm like, I'm not this person, you know, I'm married, I have a condo, I have a car, but I was also $75,000 in debt at the time, which I did not want to recognize. And, you know, I would much rather choose to buy a bottle of vodka than buy myself food. And, you know, my ex-husband and I were terrible with that. We would be like, okay, well, we have to make sure we have alcohol in the house. But it was hearing other people's stories of hope and what they, where they had come from, what their life was now, like now and their dreams. And that was what gave me hope was, you know, much like what we do in the podcast is we get to talk to these people and their stories keep us inspired. And that was really what started to do it for me was uh, surrounding myself with people who were like-minded and then also who wanted more in life.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant. That was going to be my next question. Is that, was it from hearing the stories of other that, you know, subconsciously or consciously you decided to then start creating your own podcast?
1: Yes, it was. I, you know, I, after I got sober, I I would say the first year was, they call it a pink cloud. So you're almost in this, wow, life is great. Like I don't need alcohol. I have all these new friends because, you start to meet so many people and now your goals start to develop right because you're not in that self pity or you know isolation or um, and I get trapped a lot in that where you start getting stuck in your head and you start feeling sorry for yourself and fall into that victim mentality. I started to learn how to get out of that and so I you know would revert on occasion back I would get complacent and revert back into the wanting to quick fix. So if I gained, you know, I'd lost 75 pounds that first year, and I was so excited and so happy. I thought, well, I can ease up a little bit, right? My life is really good. And I think I need to remember that is it can easily fall back to the way it was. And so I started trying these quick fixes again. And I just found that my mindset wasn't in the right place, right? I wasn't there. I knew this journey was something that didn't just end as soon as I hit my goal. And that's what I honestly thought, like, it was like, okay, I've taken this course, I've graduated, and now I'm good to carry on with my life. And when I accepted this role in sales, especially traveling, I knew it was going to get challenging. And I knew that in the past, asking for help or being vulnerable and also having accountability would be a big part of my journey. And so that's what inspired me to start the podcast because I love food. I love it so much. Now I'm more mindful of what I put in my body. But knowing that I could, you know, be on the road two to three weeks per month was a little, or two to three weeks per month would is a little scary. You know, yeah. I thought I could go to any restaurant I want, no <laughs> one will know. So that's really what inspired me to start the podcast so I could help inspire others to, to start their own journey.
0: That's brilliant. So have you always struggled with your mindset?
1: Yes. Um, in before sobering up, it was more just being really selfish and self-centered. And really being in that victim mentality that everything happens to me. Mm -hmm. um, Nothing happens for me. And I was full of envy. Like when I would look at social media, I would, you know, look at somebody taking a nice trip or achieving something in their life. And I'd be like, you know, they're super lucky or they have money or they have what I don't. And so I really fell back into that. Well, I'm never going to have that. Right. And then once I started to actually make an effort, by changing my mindset that actually, no, if I want this, I could have it, or I could come really close. That is when everything started to change. And since then, I've kind of been on this journey of trying new things and being open-minded to other practices or activities in my life, which has really helped me get to where I want to be today.
0: That's brilliant. I love how honest you are. I just think it's brilliant. <laughs> I honestly do. You, you know, you say that you've come from a victim mindset, but I just love the fact like, oh, you know, I was selfish, self-centered, you know, <laughs> as you do. I think, oh, I just love people like you, tomorrow. I truly Thank do. You. So what have you used as your biggest focus to create this positive change?
1: Uh, I use inspiration. I look at people, places and things. So I have some friends, actually, you know, one of my closest friends, we've been um, friends since high school. Whenever I'm feeling down or I don't feel motivated, I'll often go and hang out with her for the day. And I just, I'm honest with her. I say, you know what, I, I need some help right now. I'm not feeling motivated. And, you know, that's actually how I got introduced to podcasts in the first place. And it was only in January of 2019 that I heard my first podcast. And so she started sharing some inspirational ones, like Oprah was actually the first podcast that I listened (laughs) to. Um, And then I just started doing some self-searching, right? I'm like, okay, what do I really want to get better at? And what skills do I want to develop? And... So for me now, it's been about constant learning. And I feel like if I don't do things in a day to learn something, whether it be from a friend, whether it be from a course maybe that I'm taking, I like to participate in mastermind groups or accountability groups, I feel stagnant. And so the mindset shift for me has been just something I've really had to make an honest effort. I have actually a whiteboard right in front of me where (laughs) I write down my goals and I write down my why, you know, my purpose in life, because I do feel like I have a purpose in life. And I think we all do, but we just have to start doing what we love. And I think that will come out. And so it's just having that really strong purpose in life has helped me develop that more positive mindset. So what is your purpose I believe my purpose is to empower and inspire others to search out for their goals and develop a healthier mindset around wellness, fitness, nutrition, and just life in general. Yeah.
0: So ins- you like inspiration is your tool, but also you inspire others. Hmm. Tamar, you've come through so much. I mean, you, like age of 14, you had like the alcohol and then you had the drugs, the dieting, the debt, everything. Mm-hmm. You mean like some people come on they tell me one story and that's quite enough of the soul but you've been through so much so can you tell us you know why positive change is so important because like i said i was in such a
1: victim um mode for so much of my life and you know i still know a lot of people um who, who get trapped in that right and they they want somebody in their life to co-sign for them and I, because I found my purpose, and I'm, I'm good at, you know, meeting somebody and chatting with them and asking them about their life, and then sharing maybe a little bit of my experience, but trying to make it all about them. And, you know, they, they have that, thank you, you know, I feel more positive, I'm excited, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this now. And I just, I so badly want to get people excited about life and to look at certain situations that they used to envy or look at negatively in a more positive way because you can really use those situations to fuel a positive mindset.
0: And do you have a daily practice that keeps you on the straight and narrow?
1: I do, I wake up and the first thing I do is meditation. And then after that, I actually have some affirmations that I have in my phone. And so I read those and I can read them from anywhere that's why I always make sure I have everything in my phone even though I try to stay away from electronics I also have my why so I read that out loud uh, every morning then I will typically have a nice cup of coffee and I'll do some prayer and a little bit more meditation I like to visualize now so because I'm on this path of wanting to coach and help people Uh, that's definitely part of it. I work out. Um, I get up at about 4.30 a.m. to work out because I realized when I was doing it after work or, you know, later on in the evening, I would give myself every excuse not to do it. And more often than not, it didn't happen. And then I work from about 7 a.m. to 4, 4. 4.30 p.m. And then after that, I spend about an hour just creating. And I like to just kind of focus on things that make me happy you know so part of that is creating new content recording for the show Um, maybe I go on Canva and start to develop some posts for social media that are positive but just I need to make sure I get that creativity out of my system
0: (laughs) yeah I love a bit of creative process I really do like the outcomes generally rubbish and you wouldn't put it on your wall but in that process it's like a healing process almost isn't there
1: Absolutely. It's almost like just a kind of still meditation, but your mind is just going, okay, I want to do this and I want to do that. And then at a certain point, I will shut things down. I love to read. So often I'll have either a bath and read or I'll just go read in bed for a little bit. I, you know, I turn off, I have do not disturb on my phone. So at usually seven o'clock is when nobody can get a hold of me unless I decide to open up my phone. And I just love to read and relax. And then I watch generally maybe a half an hour, an hour I'll watch a show when it's not too late with my spouse. And then I do some more meditation before I go to sleep.
0: Oh, wow. I love all of that, apart from the 4.30 start. I'll be honest. <laughs> I think if I was get up at 4.30, I probably would have wet myself. I can't think any other reason to get up that early, if I'm quite honest. But I love that. Can you tell me more about this why? I know you said you've got a whiteboard, and you mentioned again about your daily practice of your why. What is that?
1: So I believe that if you have your why, you know your purpose, if you really think about why you're doing what you're doing, um, and you read it each and every single day, then it it kind of motivates you like i'll read you my exact why it's to empower and inspire others to build or create a firm belief in their own ability to change their life's journey in the areas of health wellness and mindset and in doing so uh, it will allow me the freedom to work from anywhere in the world as i make a difference in the lives of others and if i read that each and every morning it just it keeps me focused on my purpose, you know, and I have it up on my whiteboard. And if I think of any new goals, like, yeah, I really want to do this, like I want to write a book, it's up on the whiteboard and it's right in front of me all the time.
0: I love that. I think that's really good. I think what my why is now. <laughs> I'll get back to you. Yes, do that. <laughs> and think, what's my why? I love that. So you say you have positive affirmations. Can you have some that you can share to help inspire the listeners?
1: Absolutely. Their affirmations are probably my favorite to read. Um, I use a little app, it's called Google Keep, so you can add little pictures. And I like to make everything visual. So if I have something on there, I always have a little picture. But some of them are uh, my energy is open and flowing in every area of my life. I love change. I embrace the new. I trust my ever increasing ability to create abundance and probably the most important, I believe in
0: myself. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love a bit of Mm -hmm. (laughs) self-love. Oh, bless you. So what's next for you? I don't think you can fit anything in with your meditation through to your creativity, (laughs) but if there was a spare hour, what would be next for you? (laughs) Well,
1: I'm currently working on a course. It's called creating your mind map or your mind Your roadmap. Sorry. Um, And what it is is it's helping people to develop a better mindset by creating daily habits and not focusing on the big picture as much on the tools that are going to help you get there. I have some ideas for a book and so I'm really looking forward to put pen to paper or start typing that out. And I just want to continue to bring amazing guests on my show and share their stories so that my listeners can be inspired and and just grow my audience that way. Bless you. I'm a
0: little bit in love with you. I think you're amazing. (laughs) Thank you, Shelley. (laughs) So tell us about social media. Where can people find you? Because I think you're going to help so many people. So,
1: my website is www.theroadtohealth.me, and you can find my podcast link and my social media links. But I do enjoy hanging out on Instagram, which is the Road to Health PC for podcast. And I also have a Facebook group, which is called the Road to Health Podcast, that you can come check out
0: and you can get some inspiration and accountability as well. Bless you. I think you're just amazing. And just from the start right through to the end, because you said you had a happy childhood, but this Mm -hmm. was still my journey. And I think a lot of people actually come out of the woodwork about this one. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So thank you for your courageous share today. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you for coming. If you enjoy today's episode, please make sure you subscribe and leave a positive review. If you would like to create your own positive changes, you can buy Positive Changes, a self-kick book, from all online book retailers or from Shellyfnight.com. If you need a dollop of positivity until the next episode, come like and follow us over on Facebook at Shellyf Life goes on. As always, I've been Shelly F Knight. And you've been amazing.